0: North of Salem, Oregon, in Marion County, in a land rain-drenched and incandescent, comes Mitchell Herring, a prodigal son destined for something. We don't know what it is yet, but he's headed on the way. We have Celine Sanis Pond, someone who went to a college that was local and now does other stuff with their free time.
1: Whoa, not local to them. Local to us, maybe. Not even you. I,
0: the only one who's local was me. This is a true story. <laughs> We're all transplants. But yet, it's a sense of homing, a sense of home and belonging that brings us together and our odd virtues. And last, but the most definitely the least, I am a guy named Alex who, who ran away from a, a family in Las Vegas, Nevada for an Instagram witch. And now I hang out in Salem, Oregon, where I play bass guitar, avoid the sun, and cancel plans with everyone. You're listening to the Mitch and March, the March and Mitch <laughs> podcast, <laughs> featuring Celine Santa's Pond. <laughs> welcome back to episode, episode, episode number five. It is with a pleasure to welcome you all back to the podcast. Uh, I am Alexander Marchewski. I'm here with creator and founder Mitchell Herring and the newest member of the gang. May I mention we are all wearing our all black and our beanies tonight. This is goth boy click coming up for real. Goth boy click. Give it up for Celine Santa's pond. Er, er. There there we go. That's better.
1: Now I can
2: hear. Perfect.
0: Yes. Ah, what a, what a, what a thing. You look like
2: an alien. (laughs) It's been, it's
0: been a journey coming up on it now as a, 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 some kind of shadow creature engulfs Mitchell's head, like something out of freaking Skyrim. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You wake up on the back of the boat and it's, uh,
1: (laughs) you're finally awake.
0: (laughs) And, uh,
1: and then you see my face with this
0: this thing on. And uh, yeah, that's what it do. <laughs> it do be like that. That's how most voyages start, especially when you hang out with, with the gang here. As our imagination and creativity continues to flow, we go to different venues to find inspiration, find ourselves for the passion and power we see in uh, art, film, and music. Which leads us to our first category of the week, which is our artist of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the artist of the week. He's Mitchell Herring. What will he do next? No. Say
1: it. Say it. Say it. Whatever the fuck I want.
0: Yeah. Woo, jumps off the building. Yeah. It's okay. He's CGI. He's fine. We he could did, do that. He oh. didn't He didn't feel any pain from the fall. It's CGI, guys. Calm down. I got enough uh, background in editing. I probably figured that out. Just a green screen, and we need
1: uh, to green screen that bitch. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. That (laughs) would actually be fun. That would be fun. I I could do that. Most definitely. I got a a couple quarantine (laughs) projects. I got a couple friends in video that could tell me how to do that real easy. You know, just minimize. You know, as you're falling down the skyscraper. We'd have to take a video of a skyscraper though first, which we don't have here. So that would be like Mm. off the Marion Square Tower (laughs) (laughs) or like the the Capitol Building or something, and we'd be like, well. It's not that
0: far. The entertainment value, most definitely, I would really enjoy. If you haven't already been able to tell based off our previous topics like Grind, Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera, as well as the film Friday Got Fingered, me and Mitchell love the Jackass crew and uh, 2000s millennial nostalgia, especially, you know, the Jackass crew and Birdhouse and the the epic naughtiness behind skateboarding and all kinds of other craziness and misadventures. And let's get the ball rolling. Forgive me here. For our artist of the week, we're going to take a small venture out of the uh, sad rap and emo trap world to um, my favorite freaking punk band and the main staple and what is keeping uh, bands like Run For Cover Records alive, uh, what's keeping bands like Pure Noise Records alive and Triple Crown Records uh, alive and well. Uh, I want to give a shout out this week to my favorite punk band, Youth Fountain from Vancouver. Is this your
2: favorite punk band ever? This is my favorite. Hands down, bar none.
0: Shit, Celine. Dang it. (laughs) Favorite punk band currently of all time. That's (laughs) that's a tough one. We got to talk about (laughs) it That'll be a good discussion. Maybe in the future, we should have like the music episode. Kind of like how like, remember like on sitcom TV, they would have like the musical episode. Like, you know, yeah. and just shenanigans will erupt and descend into musical chaos. Anyways, Youth Fountain <laughs> is the artist of the week. Check them out. That's Youth Youth Fountain, like the fountain of youth, but literally just Youth Fountain. Not to be confused with Sonic Youth. Most definitely. Also, great, great choice freaking band. Mitchell's got good music taste. Mitchell's got good music taste. Playboy. I first saw uh, Youth Fountain's name pop up on a tour flyer. Me and my friends in the year 2019 were going to see a band called Free Throw. Uh, Free Throw is a punk band also on the same label, I believe. And uh, most of their songs are about shit that I uh, relate to everything from drinking problems, uh, <laughs> shenanigans that often result in uh, self deprecating humor and harm, uh, body image, <laughs> literally uh, anything. So, mostly
2: uplifting stuff, it sounds like? Most
0: yeah. definitely, as I am a, a descendant of the emo throne. And most definitely, I, I carry that torch as it as it slowly withers and disappears every year. But long story short, Youth Fountain was a big, huge inspiration for me. The reason why I chose them to be the band of this week was uh, simply just because their lyrics were so profound and hard hitting. Uh, it ties in even to the emo rap movement happening now. Uh, they, they walked so, you know, little people could run. Essentially, yes. <laughs> These are real luthiers of guitar, instruments, songwriting, and um, all of this started with just hardcore punk. And then uh, You Fountain Sound reminds me of like, you know, uh, some older bands like Mill and Colin and, you know, NoFX. But then at the same time, they're hitting that hardcore gas pedal with the blast beats, screams. They Wait, have a song. Fans with blast beats, really? Literally, they'll take it up to freaking cool. 220 BPM, man. It's double bassin' all day. <laughs> I don't even break. No, break, break I, breakdowns. I don't
1: even, that can't even be classified as punk. Like, punk has to be at least, like, minimum, uh, no, maximum 180. If it goes over
0: 180, it can't be punk. I like your job that's 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 a good statement to go around we'll have to get some producers in here hopefully in the future (laughs) uh, I know Marion County is is slowly getting out of the whole uh, haze of like you're not allowed to be out of town or visit a different county and maybe when the time comes we'll have some cool musicians on the show talk about all kinds of topics involving producing music all kinds of craziness you know alternate opinions most, I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. I mean,
1: I always found that punk was, you know, baseline uh, from Ramones or like things like that, and and outside of that, like I can't, I like I, well, I can't imagine a a band that doesn't. They, I mean, the the whole idea for me behind like old school punk was they all sound the fucking same.
2: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. I mean, it, it, like, like it was not bad. It just that was the, yeah, you know, that's what it sounded like. Records in fast. Yeah, exactly. Lots of attitude yeah. and angst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um to to deviate from that, you know, you've got to, you know, find an alternate uh genre, you know, punk punk rock or punk classic or punk light for those who are on a diet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In retrospect, I can kind of tell where there's definitely a rehashing of the same formula. What made Youth Fountain hit so hard for me though was aside from covering a previous artist we did on Artist of the Week, which was Nothing Nowhere, one of my biggest idols right now, they they actually covered uh, Nevermore by right. Joe Mulheron. And that's the final track on Ruiner, uh, one of my favorite albums I've listened to uh, since I've moved to Oregon and uh, their music and their lyrics to me these days these days this really uh, hit hard. They hit strong, and no matter if you're a connoisseur of emo or you're a you know a, uh, a teenage anarchist or grew up in any of those uh, mainstays or you know kinds of lifestyles, I think you'll dig their music. The track I'm going to select for this artist of the week is called "Worried," and it's by Youth Fountain on Pure Noise Records. Check it out. Wait, wor- "worried" by what? "Worried" by Youth Fountain. Your artist of the week on the March and Mitchell. I always have to like repeat it just to make sure. Okay, worried
1: by Youth Fountain coming coming at you now or something. Coming right up. Coming coming right up.
0: Coming to bump you in that face, man. Yeah.
1: back, you know, we doing the thing. Yeah, we're back.
0: Yeah, we're back. Thank you so much for checking out Worried by Youth Fountain. There are artists of the week coming at you from Pure Noise Records. Youth Fountain is Tyler Zanon and his cohorts, and they are from Vancouver, British Columbia. To wrap up the segment, I want to share a short story. Uh last summer I was in a really bad spot mentally and emotionally. I had really bad body image issues, really, really bad depression, and I was straight out of a breakup. And of course, because when you have Alcohol use disorder, your favorite way to self-medicate is through alcohol and partying and bullshit. I would uh, piss off several friends and hurt several people that night at the Youth Fountain Concert, <laughs> including uh, members of Free Throw and even my own friends that I considered like my fucking family at the time. Uh, when I go back and look at that night, I always think about those lyrics and how uh, how frustrated I was at myself or how I behaved. And not only frustrated at myself, but I was frustrated at... Um, uh, the past me and every iteration of me that's ever been around. Because I looked back, uh, I would listen to lyrics from Youth Fountain's song. What's uh, called "Deadlocked," and uh, they have this stanza that goes, "You know, and I'm just a kid, and I'm now I'm almost a man, learning things about myself that I wish I never had, and I'm so tired of singing these same old songs, and now I just want to move on. But with these concrete shoes I'm wearing, it just feels overbearing." And that shit would stick with me every fucking damn night. (laughs) I would go forward. And later on, I just kind of realized I was just kind of hurting a lot of my friends and losing a lot of uh, friendships, girlfriends and stuff. And uh, eventually I kind of learned to self-medicate through other means. And I started making some, some new friends, some positive friends that really cared about me and wanted to see me succeed. And next thing I know I was uh, drinking less and Self medicating through other ways like exercise and uh, music, you know, instead of like, hey, you know, instead of putting my hands on the beer, I'm gonna put my hands on this guitar and we'll we'll have some fun tonight. And uh, I noticed the corners of my mouth went the other direction for once, and I I was happy. I want to give a big shout out to, to Youth Fountain, who is our artist of the week. That's a,
2: yeah, that's a stellar shout out. Wow. and I I really liked that song too. It was different than i expected from your description of it but i I really liked it i definitely want to check them out more
0: most definitely thank you guys so much for being here with me we're gonna hand off the baton like a freaking excellent pokemon team in the world cup this is the elite four of pokemon let's give the baton pass straight over to celine santa's pond and mitchell herring coming at you with today's current events and shenanigans Wow. Well, what? one of
2: those names is my name.
0: So. <laughs> what, a, what
1: a fucking shit show. Jesus Christ. Collect all two. Yeah, no kidding. Are you going to, you're just going to leave us with that? You're, I can you, chime in. You I know, know you're, stuff. Just, no, you're just going to be like, I had this uh, awe, inspired awakening moment due to this band. My life is different. And then you're just gonna be like, also, here's this other segment. Fuck these guys. <laughs>
2: What? (laughs) And scene. Yeah.
0: Are you kidding me? Fuck that. This is insane. I can't compete with that. Fuck this. I don't even want to play anymore. I quit. (laughs) It's not a competition. Look at it this way. We're all kind of like in this triangle and all of us kind of hold the triangle up in a cool way.
1: Right. Like Link and Ganon held the Triforce. And, you know, there's clearly just, you know, Link was the victor versus the other two because, you know, Zelda didn't do shit.
0: You had courage, wisdom, and then power. Yeah. Yeah. And you just dropped some serious power on that last fucking segment wow well like most things in you know life uh, change happens and the triangle is a symbol of change in mathematics so let's change segments and let the ball roll into your court guys what's happening in the world today i live in a freaking cartoon i don't even remember what i had for breakfast all right fine 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 you <laughs> win you win this one way
1: to way to reel it back in uh what was the topic
2: uh, so I want to talk about space mushrooms,
1: Sp- what? what?
2: yeah, you know, space mushrooms um, so, oh,
1: current event right 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 this yeah, have so to do with me why did you no no uh, please enlighten us
2: so how we're how we're tying this into current events this week so uh Oregon right now has a petition uh, a you know, a citizens measure to uh to get the uh all right, you guys are passing up your back and forth. It is all over the place.
1: Focus. We're listening. I, I can multiply. We talked about this. Remember, like being distracted while other things are going on. Like keep that your was focus. That's very distracting. I know, but that's the point. This is your. All right, second. you're losing
2: focus, Mitchell.
1: Uh, this is not can you my focus. Thing? Back
2: in, please. Wow,
1: way
0: to deflect. <laughs> well played. I want to learn about these mushrooms.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So. laughs>
1: Yes. Okay. The mushrooms, please.
2: So I'm going to, so my wheelhouse is, is politics. So I'm going to jump in with a little bit of politics really fast, and then we're going to move on to the space mushrooms. Okay. Uh, so right now, Oregon has petitions out for two measures that I think are like really, really fucking cool. Uh, the first is uh, the, the IP44. Both of these things are things that need more uh, petition signatures before they'll actually be on the ballot for us to vote on them. So if you're interested in this type of stuff and you live in Oregon, sign these petitions. But so IP forty four, it doesn't legalize drugs, but it would decriminalize and provide like extensive treatment using the tax revenue from selling oh, marijuana legal okay. in Oregon. Okay, cool, cool. Okay,
1: where is is that money coming from, though?
2: I literally just said. I
1: know, but like from where else? Like where would it, where was the money going from to Then,
2: you know, I don't know exactly where the original allocation was was going to be for. The, specifically, the medical marijuana taxes. Um, oh,
1: that would be great then. If that's what the if that's what it that's was. That's what I just said. Well, I, no, you said taxes. You didn't say what taxes.
2: Yeah, I so said the tax on legal sales of marijuana. Oh. Anyway, so it's on taxes of legal sales of marijuana, um, is where we would get the funding for this. But it would be instead of then uh, fuck yeah,
1: hey, yeah. Okay. So instead of
2: criminalizing people for drug use and possession, we would be providing treatment opportunities, and you know, not giving people criminal records, et cetera. Yeah. So really, really <laughs> stellar. As an initiative, especially since it draws on the success of the medical marijuana industry—or yeah. not medical, but the recreational marijuana industry—you
1: were saying you're supporting those those hippie lettuce smoking uh, anarchists.
2: Oh, just <laughs> you wait. Yeah. So, the next measure that uh, it's currently just out for petition. So, again, if you're interested in this type of thing and you live in Oregon, please seek out these position, petitions. That first one was IP forty-four. Now we're going to look at IP thirty-four. Uh, So, this one is one I'm really excited about because it would uh, legalize the usage of uh, psilocybin mushrooms for the treatment of things like anxiety, depression, and a slew of other mental health disorders.
1: Uh
2: And so, with this, we do need 35,000 more signatures. So, I'm not sure that it's going to be on the ballot this November, but we're getting close. Mm -hmm. But with this, we would be looking at legalizing psilocybin mushrooms, hallucinogenic hallucinogenic mushrooms for like supervised treatment programs. I see that Mr. Marchewski has a question.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. My question is, so for people like me in the, in the dumbass category, I've never had a mushroom that wasn't on a pizza or a burger. How does this work? Wait, for me? seriously? Seriously. No, no, never, what? never, really? ever, ever. I've had, I've had like a dirty version of acid. Like once I was deceived into taking it actually, oh. but I've never, I've never had mushrooms and I, all these people in Oregon are like, it's mushroom season. Yo, let's do mushrooms. And like our, one of our favorite artists, Lil Peep even said it was like a quote-unquote massage for your brain. Celine, help me out here. Big facts.
2: Yeah, no. So I, I personally very much stand by the use of uh, of hallucinogenic mushrooms as okay. a... Yeah. You know, I, I feel like even people who say that they use them recreationally, I feel personally like almost always that's more medicinal than they're giving it credit for because, yeah, it's a massage for your brain. It's like... it. Targets all of the gunk that's built up in your brain and helps you kind of work it out. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. I have a fun story for this. I would be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was say uh, the story of, and the mushrooms.
1: Please oh, go okay. ahead. A little bit of both. <laughs> a little yes. bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. One of our first experiences, we had we hadn't even been dating that long, and we uh, we whisked ourselves off to um, some what the fuck was it Astoria? story. We whisked ourselves off to Astoria for a weekend and did Ooh, uh, cool. we did mushrooms in this this gaudy. Weird old this school house, funky little air- this, this Airbnb. This house was yeah. out. This house had the B and B. Yeah, this Airbnb, but this house had had motif, and it was to uh, fuck the both of us. Uh, this
0: house was mean. Yeah, it had it Ooh, had it, yeah. dish
1: dish. <laughs> this uh, the, this place, this, this the fucking place was not. Uh, user friendly. We was, both
2: had vibes on it. Like, first thing was the, it, it had one of those fake fireplaces, one of the gas fireplaces, but okay. the pilot light went out as soon as we tried to as turn it on. As soon as
1: we tried to use it, it was just like, nah. Oh, so it
2: freezing. It was not user friendly. And, and so, literally, in preparations for doing shrooms, we okay. literally went and got a space heater because we were just like, this is.
1: The house was freezing.
2: Yeah, freezing to death on Ooh. shrooms. It was, was winter. Not,
1: it was winter. Or like, just. Oregon is cold nine months out of the was, year. It was effectively yeah. winter. Yeah. yeah. It, was last, it was the last budding month of. Winter and we were on on in Astoria, which is essentially like the deep
0: beach, you know, right? It's like mm-hmm. super northwest corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. So it was like the Goonies happened there, right? Yeah, That's exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was essentially like thirty
1: four to seven degrees at night, and you know, it warms up in the morning, but at night it's cold. And we got there, and it was cold, and the whole house was cold and there was no heating it up. And it was just one of those situations where it was just like, are we going to do this? Like the house was dark. The house had this weird vibe and we were just like, are are we going to do this? And was that the biggest obstacle? Oh, there were so many obstacles. Oh my God. Break it down. Give me the play by play.
2: So there was this bathroom down. So there was just something, I I think it was the lighting. I think it had that, those types of lights that just like hit you with the wrong part of your temple and your eyeball and throw things off. But there was just something ominous about a lot of the house particularly this downstairs bathroom okay. and at one point we both really had to pee and we were just like sitting around talking bathroom about
1: never, to be fair the bathroom never attacked me like it did you i had oh a,
2: no the bathroom had it out i was
1: me. my own worst enemy but
2: dangerous. i so finally like no, so we're sitting around attacked. trying to to decide on you know one of us needs to go to the bathroom and right. just like make this happen and so finally I'm like, all right mitchell i'm going in so i go into the bathroom I had like an entire moment in the bathroom just like with like how I made friends with it. And I come out and I'm like, all right, Mitchell, don't worry. I made friends with the bathroom. It's safe in there.
1: Crock of shit. Didn't believe this. <laughs> s- didn't believe a word. Didn't believe a second. That but one of my favorite things plan. that you've
2: ever said is Mitchell then asks me, how do you make friends with everyone? Uh,
1: this is true. Yeah. Yeah. This was a statement. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you befriend everyone and everything? Cause, uh, I didn't believe, I didn't believe it. It wasn't a thing. Uh, turns out not a thing. Uh, the bathroom <laughs> decided to say fuck you later. Had
2: me right in the back. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's weird. It's a weird concept. Um, we should probably re listen because if you haven't done
2: it gets. Yeah. Yeah. It gets weird to listen to people's long trip stories, but it's yeah. still entertaining. Long to story me, short, I felt like the bathroom tried to kill me.
0: Yeah. Zoinks. Yeah.
2: And I stood like just like stock frozen in fear for like a good five minutes. Maybe I don't know how time works, <laughs> but like a, maybe go- a way good way to five sell. minutes. And way to
1: sell the ballad, though. Like I I was stock frozen in fear out of uh, from a bathroom like way to sell it to people who want to sign this position <laughs> hold on let me let me help let me help turn this around Yeah, can you fix this please? yeah I can fix this so this, <clears throat> this this is one of many ways that uh, that mushrooms can take effect is that if you end up in a situation that you're in a there's there's two there's two different types of things you know there's um the, what do you call uh what what's what your environment what's it called
2: your environment yeah um
1: word outwards factors your environment and then your internal your internal external side. and internal environment. yeah mm-hmm. external and internal environment uh so uh first of all the place you are is it comfortable and then also are you in a good mental sp- space these are the two things that really like factor into like what your trip's going to be and so number one we were in a, ah, we were okay. in a new we were in a new weird space that's good info for me okay <laughs> new weird space uh and also in a potentially new uh not a, not 100% Mental, like, right? Because we just knew each other. Like, we just barely knew each other, really. But we were like, "Yeah, fuck it, roll it." Yeah, like we had a
2: really good feeling about this. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we 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 decided to to spearhead this. uh, I like the optimism. Yeah, yeah. We just figured it would be and a good idea. And normally, that's not something I would do. I would normally like totally just bar this and be like, "No, fuck, no way." We've known each other two months. I'm not. There's no way I'm doing a psychedelic drug with you in some random space. Uh, but we totally did. And, uh, for me, this was super pivotal because I had been in, um, previously like a long-term, you know, thing that was not healthy and just kind of like just isolated. And eventually like through this thing, we were sitting at a table talking and I came to this revelation because I, I'm all in my head and, and through being in my head, like halfway through this, you're having a great time. I am not having, Yeah, a great I was time.
2: having the time of my life. Yeah.
1: Straight up, I am not doing. I am no, <laughs> straight
2: up not having a good time right now. <laughs> up, I
1: am not having a good time, bro. And and uh, I've I've done it several times, so like this is not my first experience. But I can definitely like articulate like during during the experience uh, that this is not fun for me right so now.
0: So Celine was able to lastly you back into normalcy almost.
1: Well, no, actually, almost, almost that. But like it came down to a point where we're sitting at this table just trying to like you know okay. gauge where everything is going, and and I came to the awareness of self where i was just like i have i have huge problems asking for help apparently oh, shit. yeah yeah and 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 i came to this revelation and i was like you know what i just i need someone's help and right now I need your help and that was like what I took away from everything. That, that was pivotal. That's yeah,
2: That's a great takeaway.
0: That's such a great takeaway. I needed that Mitchell. Thank you buddy.
2: Well and similarly <laughs> when, when the bathroom tried to kill me later in the night because I had been having a great time up oh, until up. this moment that yeah, I went to Yeah they got a water. free fucking
1: pass for like and, an hour and a half while I sat there yeah, and battled
2: No I literally was <laughs> just Dragons <laughs> and
1: Demons I was just
2: staring at like a <laughs> patch of grass <laughs> with like some weeds growing in it and being like oh my god nature's so beautiful but
1: <laughs> Meanwhile I can't decide what what shoe to put on because I'm panicking. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> my right shoe oh, wants to goodness. kill me. This is Well
2: yeah, so we had this really meaningful moment where Mitchell just had this this realization of I need help right now and I'm gonna go ahead and ask for it. And I felt so honored to be a person who felt safe asking for help. And then later that night when the bathroom tried to kill me, my knee jerk was to start panicking and just completely freak out. And I just kept saying to myself, No, you know what? Somehow Mitchell's going to know.
1: It was so weird that know. I
2: need a hand it, it definitely happened. And sure enough, after a couple minutes <coughs> of, of waiting and just willing myself not to panic and just accepting that I was going to stand in that particular position <laughs> without moving an inch until Mitchell happened to realize that I needed help, after just a couple minutes, I heard upstairs creak and Mitchell came downstairs. And it was just, for me, like that was kind of my healing moment in that whole process was.
1: Oh, yeah. It's straight the, up. The
2: trust that. If I need Freaking help, cool. Mitchell's going to cool. be there. Yeah,
1: dude, it was weird. We were I was sitting upstairs alone, chilling, just to wrap the story up. Uh, and, uh, and two minutes go by, and I'm chilling, and then three minutes go by, and I'm chilling, and I'm starting to wonder. And then like four minutes go by, and I'm chilling, and I'm starting to worry. And then five minutes go by. I, I swear, it was like clockwork. It was like each minute. And then by five minutes, I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> and, cause cause everything was dead silent in the house. There was nothing going on. there's no there's no anything in this, there's no anything. This house is just like old school. and so there's like there's no heat noise, there's no electrical noise. and five minutes goes by. And it's just like something's wrong, and I and I and I start to worry. I panic. I run downstairs. I'm thinking I'm going to look at a dead body <laughs> in the kitchen, just like sprawled <laughs> out, just like ODing or Cold something. Cold case files. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally unrealistic expectation of what would happen. If I
2: look, I would be the first person yeah, to, yeah, straight up OD it, on drugs.
1: That that's not a thing, and I know that's not a thing. But you know, you you jump. Your mind naturally jumps to the worst case scenario, and then I come out, and and Celine is just sitting in the bathroom. Uh, like doorway to the bathroom and it's just like like just panic stricken and just like oh my god i'm so glad you're here and we hugged and things Aww. were okay yeah. and it was okay yeah, yeah. yeah. and we both from Woo-hoo. there moved forward and we had we shared a beer after that and it was the best beer the best beer
0: <coughs> ever had
1: uh things were good and
0: that's that's our story heckin yeah partner so i really enjoy that it's freaking awesome it takes a deal of bravery to help someone when they're in need, but it takes even more bravery sometimes to admit that sometimes you need the help yourself oh, straight up. And that's why it makes me really proud to hear your guys' story and your adventures as someone who hasn't really dabbled in psychedelics or hallucin- hallucinogens. Yeah, it was not really easy. Entertaining. Yeah, it was not easy. Cause I've... it sounds like one of you went to game of Thrones and then the other, the, <laughs> other, the other one of you went, went to the, the Smurfs or Disney channel or something. <laughs> oh
2: well, and goodness. I had a weird moment at the end of the night where I, Was lying on Mitchell's chest and all of a sudden just like started. I got so sad. We don't need to go that far.
1: We don't need to go that far.
2: No, I I was so sad because it just occurred to me that all the lizards in the world don't know how loved they are.
0: That will not make sense. You heard anyone. it here first. If you, <laughs> if you know a lizard, you show that lizard some love or else. Tell, big, tell that lizard you
1: love it. Anyways, rounding it back, I feel like this story is all imperative to, to a, a natural experience. And this is something that actually happened. This is this is how we both perceived it from both sides. Take it as you will. Like, again, my my takeaway was like, I don't ask for help ever. And I definitely needed help. And, and I've taken that away from me. Um, but... Segwaying back into your topic, henceforth the ballot at hand, there is definitely some properties that can be used to like, you know, self-diagnose. So healing and growth happen
0: because we use this.
1: And every time, every time I've done it, I've walked away with something like that. This is just the last time. That is so
0: cool. Yeah. I like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, even the first time I did it, it. It kicked my ass. Like I, I felt shitty about myself afterwards, but like in a, <laughs> like in the way of like when you work out a little bit too hard, right? Like, you know, I did something good for my body. It's a brain It was a little too much, but yeah, it showed me so much that I needed to know about myself that I didn't know before. So I, I fully stand by the idea of it being a therapeutic, uh, a therapeutic option. I think that a lot of people can really benefit from it. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting that we have the the opportunity to potentially vote on that. If not this year, then. Right. Hopefully in the next couple of years. Well, true
1: story, I've been doing psychedelics since I was sixteen. And every time Ooh, it's a yeah. yeah, really weird. I don't know how I came into to to this as as me, but like apparently it's just pretty available around here growing up. And um the first time I did it was like sixteen. And then I think like six months after that I did it again, uh, psychedelics and LSD. Point and me in this direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now it's <laughs> it's harder now that I'm an adult because like I've oh. I've lost contact with a lot of the people. But like when I was younger, it was like it was just like you you just knew who to ask in yeah. high school.
0: Networking was different. Back. Yeah.
1: And and each time like we we me and my friends as as a young as a young audience we really respected it. and We really took it like it wasn't just doing it to to get high. It was always like, you know, like this, and we were like super cautious about the place and like how we felt about it. And there was only like one time where I almost like freaked out and I had uh, good enough friends at the time. They were just like, let's, let's, let's go. Actually, you know, I went to go walk away on my own and, and I was like, you know what? Can't do this too much stress. Bye. I'm out. And then I had two friends, uh, (laughs) no, one friend, my closest friend at the time. Yeah. My closest friend at the time actually was like, you know what? You can't, you cannot be alone. Like I'm not going to let you. And so he comes with me and about two minutes later, we get a phone call from our third buddy and he's like, Hey, can I come with you? And so we just went on this gnarly walk from Jory Hill park all the way back to my buddy's uh, parents' house. And uh, that was the, probably one of the gnarliest Uh, mushroom experience I've ever had. But yeah, but but always walked away with, you know, some form of um, uh, different behavior that needed to be implemented from my current behavior because you always end up facing yourself, which is always... I freaking like that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so support this ballot. Go online if you can and vote for it.
2: Yeah, so you you do need to print this ballot off if you're wanting to sign, or this, uh, I apologize, not a ballot. We want it to be on the ballot, but you do need to print off this petition and mail it in since they don't have people who can take your signature right now to do the virus. Right. But yeah, if, if this is something that you're interested in, in and you live in Oregon, absolutely provide your signature on this petition because even if we don't make the signatures for it to be on the ballot this year... The more signatures that we have, the more people who are showing that they support it, the more likely it's going to be on the ballot in future years. That's exactly how we got legal marijuana passed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like literally it was an, a matter of every couple years there was a petition. Usually the petition failed exercise and eventually your eventually legal marijuana got onto the ballot specifically because there have been so many petitions. Right. So, exercise your rights, make your voice heard. If you live in Oregon or you live in a state that has similar measures either for the legalization of mushrooms or especially for the decriminalization of all drugs because that's Yeah. That's monumental. I would like right. to absolutely this. look into petitions like that and support ballots like that because that's going to be something that could really benefit a lot of people.
0: I would most definitely like to endorse this as someone who has had struggles with T A C much like you're Big Sam, uh, we somewhat, can talk about that too later. Definitely, my, my only piece to chime in as you guys spearhead this, uh, this whole topic would be like As soon as you said bad environment I'm like okay well usually they say that's usually when like The, the, the subject reveals yourself to you The subject reveals yourself to you and you don't <laughs> like what you see and that's kind of what happens. So but. true. Mm-hmm. So deep. But I was thinking this was going to be more of like a visual thing. Like as soon as you guys said a bad environment, I was thinking something like Mitchell goes to the kitchen.
1: <laughs> and no. then it's like,
0: Mitchell's like, Celine? No, dude, it's all internal. Do you see that clown statue? Yeah, no, that will, that what, will. What clown statue? That will cause a hiccup. But
1: <laughs> but, the, but your fear of the clown statue is not going to be because it's a clown. It's going to be because some weird fucked up thing inside your brain that relates fear to the clown that's going to cause you to have a bad, Trip it has nothing to do with the clown itself. No
0: worries. No it's
1: all worries, it's sir. always an internal battle. Yeah,
2: it's always about your superimposition of your mind on the world. And
1: that is how you have a bad trip, by the way, is not acknowledging these fears that you have and these insecurities. And if you are just if you've and, and this is this is how people have quote unquote a bad trip, is people don't go in with the idea that they're they're going to face things that they're not ready to face. And if you don't acknowledge that, you're just going to, you know, fight or flight and eventually you're just going to be in a continual flight state of get me away from this get me away from this idea get me away from this thing mm-hmm. i don't like i don't want to see it i don't want to face it and that's how people end up having really bad trips and it's because you have to realize that you're going to be confronted with things that you don't like and this is eat. great info yeah you have to you have to go in knowing that you have to learn to accept the thing in front of you is going to be the most realistic thing that you can interpret and
2: one thing i love is so one of my favorite sayings is this too shall pass uh, love it.
0: Love that one. Uh, just yeah. as a
2: concept like as, as a person who struggled with mental health and also just as a person who struggled with being somebody who deals with everyday struggles uh one thing i keep coming back to is the idea of like this too shall pass when this sucks it's going to pass when it's good it's going to pass things <laughs> are going to continue to pass and i feel like Doing things like psychedelics really hammers that in, that that transience, but also that mindfulness of this is the moment, but it's not the forever.
0: And that's a good forewarning too, because I would have I see a parallel with me using like a like cannabis is is accessible, it's decriminalized, and I would see the, the same issue sometimes. I would see parts of myself would be revealed and I'd be scared
2: and I'm like ah <laughs> Yeah, but then having that moment to be like, this is this is this moment. This is a chance for
1: growth. Oh, I mean, you remember going into it? Like, I had these like obnoxious rules. I was like,
2: we can't do this and we can't do yeah.
1: this. And then, like, I was so strict about it because I hadn't done it a long time, and I realized like I don't make the rules when this happens. Right. But those are more like they're more like guidelines. I thought it was very you know? trying to give <laughs> dreams the rules. pirate code. Be more like guidelines. <laughs> Mushroom tripping be a lot like that. There's not no rules in the in the trip. Just lots of guidelines. I didn't you know. know
0: Mitchell was part pirate. This is all. Awesome awesome oh my goodness <laughs> oh, oh man my
1: goodness. yeah i i felt so bad i mean honest and that was a part of the humility that came with after the trip Was i was just like oh it's fucking stupid to make rules like and how long did the trip last
0: <laughs> for your, for your so many
1: more hours than i needed it to it was like but i there think it
2: got to a point where yeah we were just kind of like I'm I'm ready to call it. Some more
0: than four or five.
1: You would I say. think it well, it was it started affecting us within half an hour, which was unheard of in my experience. Yeah, usually it hit it takes un- an Uncommonly hour. fast. Un- an hour and a half is usually the normal like ramp. Up ninety minutes. Like normally, yeah, yeah, you yeah spend ni- okay. ninety minutes to to get to. It's like, more so like normally
2: two- you spend a lot of time being like. I think those were bunk. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I think we store store bought mushrooms. Like edi- yeah, just like edibles. And okay. then all of a sudden oh. it hits
2: you and you're like, oh. Yeah, two hours you're
1: feeling it. Two and a half hours you're like, okay, it's really working. Three hours you're like beginning to really feel it. And then three what and a half, yeah, like, three and a half hours. You're I was picking.
2: eating my last little mushroom when Mitchell was like, I think I'm starting to feel it. And I was like, nah, that's impossible. Yeah. And then by the time I finished chewing my last I mushroom, so- I was like. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I I feel like I said, I was like, we made a mistake. Like, like this is, <laughs> we, oh yeah, like, like 30 minutes in. I'm like, these are way too strong. And I was right. Yeah. The entire, again, I don't know how you got away with having such a good time. Well, the first hour and a half, I sat there and literally wrestled with my own mortality and was just having the worst time ever. And I'm just, no, I'm fine. I've, I've, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing, but I was just. Just having such a bad time. It was terrible.
0: And what it what seems like <laughs> would be amusing on the outside. It seems entertaining and goofy, but on the inside, there's there's some personal struggle there happening. There's a lot of turmoil. Oh but yeah. There's an opportunity for growth because because yeah. Okay, very, Only in, like okay. I love
2: to talk about how I wept for the lizards, but yeah.
0: yeah. Only until I
1: came to the conclusion that I needed help and I did not ask for help. Did did things start to calm down,
0: and did things fucking finally? This chill just out. makes me want to. Try it even more, honestly, because I I would abstain from using THC products because I would see shit about myself. Yeah, but I you like. know I don't smoke either. I don't like THC products either. Yeah.
2: It's different. Yeah, it totally.
0: It, oh, okay, great, great, great. Yeah, I, even, I totally, more yeah even more now. Even more now. I
1: totally avoid. THC, just because it causes like random paranoia and it, it, it like enhance, it enhances, no yeah, random paranoia. thoughts inside myself that I don't need that are not beneficial and, and I never get anything out of it. I just get really stoned and I feel really uncomfortable yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like I fall asleep and I wake up and I'm like, well, that wasn't
0: any fun. That was stupid. Exactly. I would I was a chronic toker <laughs> back in college. I was a super chronic toker and eventually the, 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 the novelty wears off. The novelty wears off. But yeah, in high school, I smoked a ton of weed, but I don't anymore. It's just isn't my, isn't my gym, it's not for me. And for the power of exercising your rights, as Celine mentioned, and by uh, using your ability to, <laughs> to vote for things in your local vicinities re- regarding laws and capacities for different regulations and availability of uh, substance that can help you. Please check out, uh, will you please name uh, both, both of those uh, sections one more time? For yes. Us? Please, so the please, decriminalizing
2: all drugs or removing criminal penalties for drugs, that's going to be IP44. That's
0: IP44. And
2: for uh, legalizing the utilization of psilocybin mushrooms for therapeutic reasons, that's going to be IP34.
0: That's going to be IP34. Please check out both of those measures. And, and I, I do work. want
2: to apologize to all of the people who, who heard me say space mushrooms and got excited about alien mushrooms. Uh, I think we've <laughs> we spent a lot of time on this topic, so I don't want to talk anyone's ear off more about space mushrooms, but I promise that's a topic. Tune in I mean, next week for Space there.
0: Mushrooms Volume 2 DVD box set. Available now. <laughs> Bonus features available. Just leave them wanting more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be checking in for space mushrooms later. But for now... We're coming to one of my favorite segments of the show. Last week, we talked about... Can I I stop you? Yeah.
2: Can we maybe take a quick beer break?
0: Uh Oh Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a break before we come back for Marchewski's
2: Broskies! I should probably
0: pee in a bathroom. We'll be right back. And we're back. Right back at it again. It's the March and Mitch (laughs) Show featuring com. Anyways, we're right back at it again here from a sleepy, rainy, and beautiful suburb in... Kaiser, Oregon, just north of Salem. Uh, Me and a friend were heading to the Beambap House earlier today, despite all the craziness in the world. Be sure to support your local businesses. where applicable Mm -hmm. in a safe and kind manner. And make sure to practice all your uh, mandated ordinances regarding your personal safety. Next is one of my favorite segments of the show that revolves around the Greek root word, (laughs) Nostos. <laughs> Let's get it going with the nostalgia trip. Nostalgia. Is is that that's it? That that's what, okay. Uh, We got a film this week, one of the most ill-marketed films of all time, showing what would be a movie about a bunch of dudes beating (laughs) each other up for fun, looking cool, and hella tough. Also, the the name of this uh, week's episode, uh,
1: aka Project Mayhem, and the first rule of Project Mayhem is what?! Don't ask
2: any questions.
0: First Royal Project Mayhem is you do not ask questions, sir. And this is true in regards to our this week's feature, which is the 1999 film Fight Club. Also, uh, let talk about Fight Club. Yeah. yeah and it, uh, also, a
1: phenomenal book if you haven't read it mm-hmm. by yeah. Chuck Pollock. Yeah. Uh, Choke- yeah, the book is, uh, if not better than the movie, but the movie it does it does a, a ton of justice. The movie
2: stands in its own right. It, it does justice to the book, and it also, I think, stands in its own right as a, a movie.
1: Yeah, it really does. It's is. not like
2: Harry Potter, where it's only good if you've read the books. Yeah. So
1: uh, yeah, I definitely had uh, seen the movie long before I ever read the book, and then I eventually was turned on to the book by my friend, because I, I didn't even know. This is like middle school. And ever since then the the whole concept of fight club has been just pivotal to my overall thinking because it's it really just does speak to what is super wrong with so much in today's society. Like the whole the whole concept where he brings up the the catalog the IKEA catalog and talks about mm-hmm. why you know uh, the, and then it cuts to the scene he, with he's he's talking to Tyler Durden and he's just like, you know, the things you own end up owning you. And that always resonated super hard with me because I've never been materialistic and, and it, maybe younger, like there was some want for things that I didn't have, you know, like that like game stations or maybe a bigger house or just, you know, just just simple things that I never had. And watching this movie just really led me to the idea of like, wow, like these things are so like these material things have zero impact on how I actually feel or how I actually interact with the world. And so the whole concept of the movie is just to, you know, basically just blow up all things that have to do with this way of thinking, which is super uh, predominant even today And the more that Instagram and TikTok and all these things uh, the The more traction they go, the more I think it, it it becomes even more applicable because people are so about stature and status. I
0: endorse this, yeah, well Holy.
2: man even <clears throat> me, even thinking about social media like i I spend so much time flicking through wish ads on Facebook. <laughs> Because Wish is just always trying to sell me something cheap and interesting and yeah. often just like one of my favorite games is just what the fuck is Wish trying to sell me and just looking at the picture and being like, What is this? Yeah. But yeah, it's purchasing things is a part of our, our psyche and our persona.
0: Instant gratification. Like the, the line yeah. in, the line
2: that hit me in Fight Club was uh he's talking about like like what dish set really represents <laughs> me right. as a human? and I caught myself thinking not that explicitly but that basic thought so many times and it's it, it's how how we culture ourselves these days
0: yeah
2: which yeah. makes fight club a very cogent argument against the way that we're we're brought up and cultured
0: great great point great point yeah <laughs> my headspace is very similar in the regard that you know you know what you own does it define you exactly your standards of living Um, your own personal value, your self-value. good example for me is like, I drive a piece of shit Honda. I take decent (laughs) care of it. Does it look bad? Yeah, but guess what? At the end of the day, I'm going to be six feet in the dirt and I'm not going to care if I drove a Benz truck or a Honda from the year 2002 that has the paint peeling and a broken window. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, I'm happy for me because the car works and I get to do what I want when I want. But whereas, you know, we're talking about Mitchell's point of you're looking at, the lens of this Ikea catalog and Fight Club, whereas, you know, Celine is looking at it the lens of Wish. Wish is the new Ikea catalog. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in today's mirror of your focus around marketing, uh, owning, appeal. So Fight Club, you know, was was shown to be this, this is a film about dudes fighting and shit, but ended up being way more of an existential trip. What's your guys' point of view exactly on how the film was marketed and versus how it really is when it comes to form?
2: Well, but, Mitchell, you said this is one of your all-time favorite movies, if not your absolute favorite. So abs- what's, yeah. What what sets it in stone is that for you.
0: Are you well? The
1: I think one of the most uh, iconic scenes is the first scene where he's interacting with Tyler Durden, and a lot of people I think overlook this scene because it's not super pivotal to the movie, but it is super pivotal to.
2: Is this the airplane scene? Uh,
1: no, this is the one right after that. So he meets him on the airplane, and then he, you know, they're talking about single-serving friends, and he's like, "Oh, we have the same briefcase," and and Tyler. Tyler Durden just kind of shrugs him off. And he's just like, how's that working for you? You know, being clever. And and then they disappear. But the scene uh, directly after that, his apartment blows up and he has his, the only thing he has is uh, Tyler Durden's uh, business card. And so he calls him, Tyler, Tyler calls him back and says, yeah, you know, I never answer my phone. I star 69 you. And they go out <laughs> for a beer and they have this really deep, you know, kind of weird uh, conversation about materialism and he's like, you know, the Martha Stewart. He's like, fuck Martha Stewart, you know. And and it goes on to the to the to their first fight scene, and they're um they're outside the bar, and they're they're talking to each other, and he's like, oh man, you know, like, oh, I, I guess I I guess I should find a hotel room, and he's like, what? And he's like, fuck that, and he's like, what do you what do you mean? And he's like, fuck that, just ask. And he's like, J- just ask what? And he's like, there's a reason you called me, and he he's like. What do you mean? He's like, you called me because you needed a place to stay, and he's like, w- w- would would that be a problem? He's like, would it be a problem just to ask? And he's like, <laughs> and and that scene has always stuck with me because I think that we are so programmed, and you you've brought up a couple. The reason behind this, um, you know, there's askers and then there's guessers, guessers and askers, and I think people are so predis uh, predispositioned predispositioned <laughs> to um, allude to their actual motive versus just being direct. And so I like where this is going. Yeah. And so (laughs) his, his whole point is that, is it a problem for you to ask? And he's just like, is that a problem? And then he, again, he responds, is it a problem to ask? And I think people don't understand the, the directness and why it's important to just allow people to know what your motive is and quit being so fucking coy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Some people like to beat around the bush. Some people don't. Right. Is Well, that's because that's socially, that's what's acceptable, right? It would be weird for somebody to be like, hey, can I stay with you? My apartment's blown up versus the whole idea of being like, hey, my apartment, my apartment blew up. Can I stay with you? Right. They almost sound identical, right? The the phrasing between the two is almost identical. But the difference between the two is the phrasing and the intention. The intention is A, B, you're trying to coax someone into You know, asking them to say, hey, do you wanna play? Do you wanna stay with me because you're having this hardship versus the uh, original intention, which is, hey, I need a place to stay. Can I stay with you? Which is.
2: And this type of of thinking starts young. I was actually just thinking of uh, this this really fucking adorable little kid that I hung out with a little while back who he's like five years old and just so like wily and clever. But I was having peanut butter toast for breakfast. And he comes up to me and he's eyeing my peanut butter toast. And he's like, peanut butter toast is really good, right? I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. like, yeah. <laughs> it's too bad you won't share.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and sense- yeah,
2: so that type of, you know, I feel bad calling this small child manipulative. because <laughs> I, I don't think that he's a deliberately manipulative human being. But, you know, that type of manipulative thinking. And, you know, I, it would be rude for me to ask directly for what I want. But I if I plant the idea for them to offer, you know, in in the moment it feels politer, but in the long run it feels a lot like somebody being like, yeah, it's too polite, you won't share.
0: Exactly. I did not see this nostalgia dissertation going in this direction. This is actually very, very humbling and interesting. I did not see it going this way. Well, re- this has fucked me up for,
1: <laughs> this has seriously fucked me up for a really long time now because anytime I've no, and because I never let go of this thought, right? Like this thought has been like uh, the backbone to a lot of my uh, personal development from, you know, the age uh, 15 plus, like, you know, till I'm, I'm 29 now. And anytime I'm having a conversation with someone and someone says something like that, I can't help but see this this alternate emotive where they're just like oh yeah that's a great idea it would be cool if we did this thing sometime whereas well was the last time this
0: happened any examples recently anything no,
1: no i mean it, there's too many to <laughs> oh, there's okay. too many to pin down to one i can just tell you okay. that overall like people will say like hey it'd be cool to do this thing sometime or hey you know sometime let me know if we did this versus, <laughs> you know what i mean versus just saying hey this can we do this sometime right because there's this weird uh, awkward social thing that we've built into society where it's it's people feel uncomfortable asking for what they really want and i think that's that's part of uh unpopular opinion okay unpopular opinion i think that's that's intentionally designed because we're not comfortable asking for what we want and and the social structure that exists is is mm-hmm. all about you know making the people around us feel comfortable. And I think that's that's and a huge unpopular opinion. <laughs>
0: okay. what, Mitchell, unpopular.
2: what Mitchell alluded to earlier is, as something I mentioned is the uh, concept of guessers versus askers. Yeah. So there's a, a kind of psychological theory that there's, you know, it's spectramatic. It's not that everybody is, you know, one or the other. Okay. But the idea is that there are people who, when they need something, they'll ask for it and they're comfortable accepting no as a response and they, and then there are other people who are guessers. And so those people like operate under like a very finely calibrated understanding of what they see other people being comfortable with. And so they won't ask for something unless they're pretty sure the answer is going to be yes. Because uh-huh. they don't want to put somebody in the position of having to say no and feel rude.
0: I get what you mean, so I respect your sentiments. My main takeaway out of what both of you are communicating is people just don't want to don't want to show shame or they don't they don't want to communicate weakness. Exactly, so that's, that's kind of what I'm getting. A
1: hundred fucking percent.
0: Yeah, you like I never it.
2: want to feel bad that I have to say no to somebody, and I've been in the position sometimes where somebody asks me for something, yeah. and I'm like, why would you ask that of me? Because now I feel rude that I have to say no. I mean,
1: exactly. When was the last time? If uh, if we're gonna tie this together that somebody said, Hey, Alex, blah, blah, blah. And that you just said, you know, no. When was the last time you just told me? Oh, like, yeah. no explanation. Oh, hard, no. Just hard no. I don't want to do that.
0: Oh, no, totally. A, a good example. And this is me being being frank and honest. You know, if you know me per, per personal character, I'm, I'm really, really good, dude. And super I'm super fucking nice. Enough. Yeah. As aggressively friendly. Uh, I can't, imagine you, you saying, friendly. I can't
1: imagine you telling anybody no, which is yeah. why I think this is an important question. Yes. So I'm, I, I will answer this with
0: uh, complete <laughs> honesty. It's like I was uh, I was doing like a DoorDash order because I'm, I'm between jobs. I just do DoorDash and Instacart and it pays my bill. Hashtag own boss. Literally my own boss and it's, it's entertaining and it's fun. There's a bit of chaos, but we'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) just, just a dude, a dude, I don't know. I don't know what their backstory is, but Hey, he was a dude. They were an app. He can't wonder why they're doing such anyways. He, he, he. And, 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 you know, amidst the chaos of, uh, you know, the, the global pandemic, I'm, I'm just a guy trying to make a money so I can go home and pay for the housing thing. <laughs> so that
2: you have a home to go home so to. So this a is home. how
0: a lot of strippers sound when they tell their story. So that I have a, a, a roof over my head and food 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 in my belly. But long story short, someone who was uh, probably probably way worse off than me it was just like, oh, hey, you're doing that DoorDash thing. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, man. And I'm obviously in a hurry. He's like. Hey bro, you think you could help me with a few dollars? And um, you know, a big lesson for me is learning uh, how to say no and how to have boundaries. So I just say, uh, I just, I honestly just said, hey, uh, hey man, I have a uh, shit to do. I don't, I don't have time right now. I'm very sorry. And I, I drove off. And I did. I did no. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Hard no, I'm sorry. Can't. You do know it. what I mean? And like I wasn't a dick about it. And I was, I was just, I stood, I just said, I don't want to do this right now. So I just did that, and that was my thing. And I, uh, I. Uh, yes but that, that was my But it feels
2: so good to own your life in that but way. But
0: also
1: at the same time it I bet it felt fucking super awkward and super uncomfortable it was to tell this yeah. person no, right? Most yes, yes. Because socially and societally we yeah. don't normally anticipate someone saying no because we are brought up with polite you know, expectations and manners and, you know, you are like always yeah, exactly. The idea behind this is is that and this is how people get away with panhandling is because that they're they just basically and, and I'm not against it because, you know, everyone has their own struggle, but like there are people who take advantage of people and their weak, you know, emotional structure and, you know, with the sign saying, Hey, help me here and somebody who doesn't have any you know, practice in the manner is, it, you know, sees that, and they're just like, well, fuck, if I was in that situation, you know what I mean? They they use the "I was in that situation" uh, mentality, and and they feel bad, and and so they, you know, here's yeah, sure. here's a dollar, here's whatever. Yeah, you know, we're all taught to be good Samaritans, it, exactly, regard, yeah, and it's 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 preying upon people's uh, emotional weakness when, in an un, again, unpopular yeah. opinion, but that that's not the case. Is that you know that person's not that that hard off, you know, one out of ten times is gonna be the case, but you know, they're not that hard off as as you may think. They 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 may be hard off, but not because you know life is a delta' just the unbelievable hand of I can't do anything without fucking accepting
0: handouts. And this is and these are true statements because I remember going to visit Hollywood for the first time and my buddy Michael who's my best friend like, he gave us a like, hey we're gonna go to Hollywood Boulevard by the Chinese theater Everyone of, their, everyone, of their, everyone of their mom is going to ask you for money. Just just be polite. Just be polite and just be chill. Be like, Yo, yeah, don't Be polite. Just, mm-hmm. just be chill. Just be chill. Everyone of their fucking mom is going to ask you for money in the next mile. And just be chill. Just be chill. And then if you just. True stories. Just, it's, it is it is a thing, uh, you know. And in regards to what you choose to do at the end of the day is up to you because it's your life. Again, and you can, yeah. Again. You can do Again. whatever you want, you know. But You, you know, can do whatever you want. Definitely. I, I, I get your takeaway, though, when it comes to people showing weakness and whether or not um, a movie where is where at, at face value you think this is about fighting and being badass and well, really, punching each other and really, the dirt. Uh, Mitchell, it's actually really cool to me that your main takeaway from this movie is 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 signs of weakness and signs of shame. In a in a movie where you would that was marketed to look like some dudes are gonna meet up like with Brad Pitt and have <laughs> fucking abs. We're gonna fight and look cool and shit. Someone might even lose a tooth or two. Oh, dude, yeah, the whole the whole movie's fucking. Way- Bro, take your dick out right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, it, it's me. it's such. A, I mean, and, and on top of that, it's just filmed oh, like it was it was filmed ten years later. Like the the lighting. And everything about the movie was so well done. And Edward Norton is a great, while he may not have the best movies out, but he, he is a guy who knows how to read a script and tell it's going to be, uh, something that more than it, like, trust me. Like he's,
2: he's one of the few actors that I always love the characters he plays. Like I, I love how he plays them.
0: I was the same age as Mitchell when I saw a movie. Most,
2: most actors that I really love, I feel like they're my friend. Like, I feel like I know them from who (laughs) they play. I don't feel like I know Edward Norton at all. Like he's, such a good actor that I just totally buy the character he's playing and that's it. Yeah. He,
1: he has uh, that opacity. He yes. also, yeah. He also said on his, opacity, one of his, yeah. one of his first big, big fucking, uh, uh, iconic movies, the uh, what was American history, X? American history. X. Yeah. He was talking about how he, he saved that movie apparently, uh, because the editor of that movie or slash director, slash producer, whatever, uh, was like, it was like a commercial car, uh, Uh, editor. And so the original, the original movie looked like, like some weird, uh, commercial ad. And so Edward Norton put his own time in and helped take over the project and and turned it into an actual movie without, without being asked. You know, he just, he saw the rough cut of the movie and was just like, this is no, we're not doing this. And he got involved and he's like, this is, let me help you. Let's edit this movie. Let's make it something special because that's how the script was written. And, and after hearing that, I was just like, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. For sure. Well,
2: and I would also be remiss if I didn't also mention that Helena Bottom Carter in this <sighs> movie is... I, I love Helena Bottom Carter. Singer. She's another one oh, yeah, yeah just anytime one. I see her... In a movie, I'm excited to see that movie just because she's so fun to name watch.
1: a movie she's done that hasn't been amazing. You can't
2: exactly
0: that's a great, that's a great, char- great character actor. Yes, must definitely. Like I'm not even like that huge of a film buff, but to see like you know yeah. the different characters dispersed in the film with your Tyler Durdens and your, your you know Yes, yeah, same your Marla Singers and Edward Orton's character right. Like
1: it's just it's 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 a masterpiece and and, and as well received it is I still think as well received as it it's. Still underrated. It's still underrated. It's still yes. in 2020. It holds up as as an amazing movie. You can watch that movie today and not tell that it wasn't filmed.
2: And they did a, an excellent yeah. job with it, not having too many specific like time references.
1: Exactly. You know,
2: it's not like they're you know product placing the best possible cell phone. You yeah. know, you're you're not like ooh, look at that iPhone 10R. It's you know everything that they're doing is. Anti- Fairly mater- yeah. timeless. The, the the
1: concept is anti materialism and, and self regulation and and their and, and the whole idea of that. Like I feel
2: like Ikea is the one thing that like if IKEA went out <laughs> of business, that would date this movie. Like then people would be like
1: what's an Ikea? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other than idea?
2: that, there's really nothing in this movie that people would, would be like, yeah. that's an, that's an anachronism. That doesn't make sense for this time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he does mention like the, the, the first people in space will be the Starbucks galaxy or the, I, yeah, the art, you know I mean? He, he, they mentioned that, but at the same time, those are the fortune 500 companies that still run the fucking world. So <laughs> they're still relevant. So again, Chuck Palahniuk, we applaud you and
0: your fucking forward thinking. And, Thank you so much for both of your shares and all the excitement and entertainment regarding a different film from a different time period. This was the Nostalgia Trip as our closing statement regarding the 1999 Film Fight Club as the music nerd of the tribe here. I would love to say that as we watch both characters look off into the distance as buildings explode to the hit Where Is My Mind by the Pixies, I often find myself thinking about that. Every dang time, uh just being in a, my last band in Las Vegas, actually, we used to do we used to do like a like kind of like a faster punk version cover of that song. Wait, so. really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's
1: so cool. Yeah, literally. just, Dude,
2: just I, fu- I fucking love the Pixies. I have yeah, an entire short story oh, based yeah. on Pixie songs. I love the Pixies. Yo,
0: that's the move right there. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. Reset that's- the credit card
1: debt. Yeah, the end. And, and the, yeah, and that's how the. I mean, granted, the book is different than the movie, but still, the whole the idea is that yeah, reset the credit card debt, and the world goes into chaos. Imagine if that really happened. Oh.
2: Dude, I, I everybody's could, credit card debt goes back to zero. I what could the fuck? masturbate to the idea of somebody just bombing all of the credit card. Companies. Eighty-six credit card debt.
0: Wow. Wow. You can be a rebel when it comes to
2: credit. I can, I have, debt. and I will again.
1: Okay. I mean, I think the only thing better than that would be student loans. But yeah, I mean, the idea is like to erase some form of mass debt that that has zero impact other than to negatively impact, you know, uh, humans, right? So like, can you imagine just wipe? I mean, imagine wiping out the national debt, the trillions (laughs) of dollars that the economy is in from the the, the U.S. Imagine if that went back to zero. What would we fucking do? We would just like we would just change everything.
2: We would, we would, I mean, we, if we wiped
0: out no debt from oil, then we'd oil, get oil or steel invaded. or yeah, iron, yeah, we would, we would say, fuck oh, oil. Man.
1: We'd say, fuck oil, and we would go straight to like, how can we profit for the next 100 years? And then we would have this natural, we'd have solar, wind, we'd have electric, we'd have all these things because the idea is that we're so far already down the rabbit hole that they, they can't get out. They're already invested, right? So we want to keep making money. And so they just keep going with it. But if we erased it to zero, imagine what Exxon and fucking Chevron would do. They'd be like, Oh, we're at zero debt. We don't owe any money. Let's fucking do something that, that people are going to want to buy in the next hundred years. Mitchell, would,
0: you are so much more wholesome and progressive than I, because as soon as you bring all these factors <laughs> to mind, the whole thing is, Holy shit, I want to show up to the podcast next week in a Benz truck. Oh, my gosh. This is finally my chance to have my own Benz truck. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! the shenanigans i mean it's just business man like i understand like
1: what's what is has to continue going because when you're in a business like that you can't just change gears they're gonna lose a shit ton of money so like when you have shareholders the whole idea is that you have to make profits for them because they're the one funding your fucking shit so long story short business wise like yeah like there's no changing the trajectory of our fucking planet now
0: i get what you mean my version of what you're saying basically is you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. But Basically, in this, yeah. But, but exactly. in this case, you don't only have to crack a few eggs. You have to go into the chicken hand and then punch the chicken and then flip flip all the wood over and then Good. incinerate I it. Good, fucking hate chickens. <laughs> True story, they do. Uh, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay. And that was our Nostalgia Trip of the Week. Do, 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 do. Nostalgia Trip. Boop, yeah. boop, boop. That was our thought piece on the 1999 film Fight Club starring Edward Norton, Helena Bonham Carter. And Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt. All right. Cool. Good talk. As we come to the final moments of our podcast, this has been Mitchell Herring, Alexander Marchusky, and Celine Santis Pond. Special shout out to our beer angel, Ri Ri. I believe we have what segment could be awaiting us towards the end of our venture here? Is that something I believe, to do with beer? Could it be something that has something to do with Bruce? Marchewski. Wait.
2: Something
0: rhymes with that.
2: It's called Marchewski's brewski. Get on with it.
0: It's time for Marchewski's brewskies. Pop one open. Pop one open. Up. This week in Marchewski's brewski, tell make us all about it. Make it pop. About. Make it pop. Make it pop. To speak more about a band we just talked about, the Pixies. One of uh, my favorite musical moments in life actually has been performing with uh, my local band, the House Arrest Pets. We actually played a basement House show. <laughs> House, House Pet Arrest. Every time we, I say the band name, I say a different band name because I have this dumb sense of humor that's only funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna talk a moment about- I just want
2: people to be able to find your band. Oh,
0: totally. And they can find the band. And when they do, they'll, they'll see that we are in fact real people that, that know what an instrument is. Yeah. I'm a musician. I've seen a guitar before. Yeah, <laughs> but we're here to talk about Marchewski's Briskies, and this week it's from Rogue Brewery, straight out dedicated to the legend. Most of people that are rural, whether you're native or a transplant, <laughs> you know that Oregon is full of legends about the Sasquatch. True story. And like you know, we went camping the other week, and you know, I I might be like a 27 year old man, and I'm just like, dude. I better not see no fucking Sasquatch out here. I can't fucking do this shit. No, 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 no. no. I better be drunk when I go to sleep. <laughs> night number two. Night, oh, night oh number my two. God. I, uh, I was, I was not, I was not, I was not sober, but I wasn't super drunk enough to just be like, okay, time to go to bed, and then instant go to sleep. And just like hearing all the sounds of the night, you get kind of, you kind of freaked out. You, you start to paranoid. wonder. You start to wonder what's out there. What's out there? And I swear to God, if I saw what was on the cover of this can, I would straight up just like literally my heart would jump out my freaking mouth and I would just instantly just be KO'd and I would no longer <laughs> live. The Marchewski's Brewski of the Week is the Rogue Sasquatch. It's a hazy India pale ale <laughs> walking at 12 fluid ounces. What I love most about this beer, honestly, despite having pretty above... Above my my expectations taste wise. It has beautiful can art. Can we talk about this can yeah, art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know our listeners can't physically uh they can't they can't well, see. They it can find it. I want this as a t
2: shirt. It's yeah. it's like a murky yeah. turquoise, like it's like a dark turquoise, uh creepy bat werewolf man. With with an R with an
1: MMORPG fucking skill cat on the side about the beer itself
2: and like magenta spooky ass wings yeah
1: how how you would level up your beer would be exactly what's on the side of this can on how it rates on a
0: scale of one to fucking hundred
2: I don't know who that man is but he's my gender.
0: Seriously, I flux with the the bat squatch. That is probably my spirit animal. Much like Edward Norton's spirit animal was the penguin, Uh, uh, not in the same not in the same lane. Our here here at the March and Mitch podcast, our fucking spirit animal is the goddamn bat squatch. Yeah, bat squatch. We bat squatch now. Bat squatch is what's up. And you know, for you know, I I I was never really an IPA guy, so I started hanging out with Mitchell and Celine. And then next put this on
1: me. No, no, no. This is
0: inspiration here. We're talking about we're talking about everything's artwork, no matter how you look at it. One way or another, (laughs) but, but learning to appreciate these IPAs, uh, I've had a, you know, for your share, you know, we had the beak breaker one week, we've had apocalypse IPA one week, but, um, what I like about this one is just, uh, like I said, just as beautiful can art and it, it pleases as a Hazy IPA. When you say hazy, you're thinking it's got it's got a bit of a fruit element to it, and it's just, it's got um, the bitter end, like like Mitchell had mentioned. It's got a freaking like uh, just like this like this progress star that you see in like an MMORPG or like Skyrim. Uh, for me, the first thing I could think of was playing like Persona Five two years ago, drinking yeah. drinking drinking beer in in a basement, you know, somewhere <laughs> somewhere in North Salem, <laughs> and just like drinking you know what I mean, beer in a basement. Talk about my gender. Persona Five was just oh god, man. I think that's the last video game I actually like enjoyed in my freaking life. But anyways, it's got a cool start. It's got malt, tropicalness, citrus. It isn't. bitter. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. It's I a mean, fun beer. Yeah. yeah. And it peaks a tropical and citrus, which is something like if it's an IPA, this is what I'm going to get out of it. It's
2: it's pretty light for an IPA. So I, it's got that, that haziness to that's refresh right. ya. Good. I would take good summer beer.
0: You could take this on a trail. You yeah.
2: could take this to the take beach. It in the river.
1: You could bang this shit on the, your forehead and, you know, pound it like
0: those videos. You could leave it in your car and forget about it and then be like, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> you know, go get get it get it now. It's good. That's good beer. You, why why have you done this?
1: <laughs> you you could jam your fucking, you know, car keys into the bottom of it, base it, and then you know, just fucking crack the top of it and you know, shotgun the shit out of it. This beer can do anything for you. It really depends on what
0: mood you're in or how many drugs you're on. Most definitely, whether it's a drug-infused rage based on personal stressors, trauma, or just straight up party fuel i give the rogue bat squash freaking 8.5 bat wings out of 10 oh. I, i'm good with that
1: yeah 8.5 bat wings out of 10 yeah i'm good with that
2: yeah i can stand by that
1: yeah for sure i can't wait till we have a bad beer and we're just like fucking zero out of fucking 10 yeah, uh, this one's butt. zero t- zero out of 10 slurps or chugs or, you know, uh anyways, the eight point five out of ten
2: <laughs> it's ten a, out of ten.
0: T- yeah, yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> anyways. I, I can't equate to that feeling, but if I could, it would probably be drinking old English at age twelve.
1: <laughs> old <sighs> English in a garage with a wheelbarrow full of sand next to you that you vomit all up into <laughs> because that's what
0: actually happened. True story. Tune in next week for our next episode of Repressed Childhood Memories Volume 2. <laughs> so many of those. Anyways, At the Mitch and March show. We would like to applaud all of our listeners, friends, fans, and family members. It's important to us that you show your support. Please check us out on Spotify. Please check us out on Spotify. iTunes. Spotify. ITunes. And iTunes. iTunes and Spotify. Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> nobody has pod we covered this I'm sure, I'm sure there's a nice, there's a nice couple in Arkansas. They're like, Oh honey, turn, turn on the pod bean today. Maybe we can enjoy some pod beans.
1: Long story short. Thank you for listening. Comment, sh- uh, share, if you can. Uh, most importantly, comment uh, on the current episode that you're listening to. Tell us what you think. If it sucks, let us know. Let us know how we can do better. Also, if you like it, you know, leave, leave a couple words about, you know, Hey, I, I appreciated your guys' insight. If not, that's fine. You know, dislike, like, it's all the same. Feedback is feedback. It helps us get better. Uh, and if it was well enough for you to enjoy yourself and listen to the whole episode, share, share beyond to your other friends. Let us know that, you know, we're making a difference and that you appreciate the show and that, you know, you want other people to appreciate the show that we appreciate the show. So that's all I have for tonight. Have
2: a good one.
0: Thanks. You couldn't have summed it up better. Thank you, Mitchell. This has been the March and Mitch show featuring Celine Santa's pond. Good night, folks. Have a good night.